child from the turf. I never switch sides. Like, even when I die, I'm a ride for the squad. Let up ties in the hearse. I've been on the vibe, kind of hard to describe. I'm in between, I'm good and it's fine, but I'm tired of the grind. Then I come alive in the night to realize I'm in the middle of the time of my life. I never so packed for the stack. Never lied on the rap. Got a bag from the way that I write it. Queen looking Tyson. Do that ass survive vibe, doing 80 to the house. Then I hit her to the sky, change haters on a tirade. Talking to the crib in the face, be still like that. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words can't hurt me. No, you just can't hurt me. No, I ain't been right more than I've been wrong, and it still can't hurt me. No, it just can't hurt me. No. No, you just can't hurt me. No, you just can't hurt me. No, no, no. I know it's hard to be polite. 
and it's easy being petty. My mama used to tell me, gotta use you when he ready. Man, it's crazy how my brother said it could have been my cell. It's either prison or a grave, that's what everybody tell me. Man, life ain't a beach, it's a female dog. I'm staying ten toes down, though I still might fall. Oh, yeah, now I done came through knocking pictures off you all. Cause loving people who persecute you, yeah. it's still a so tough call. light up on my path and the lamp under my feet. I know my faith strong, but my flesh still kind of weak. When that victory be looking like the verge of defeat. And I feel that disrespect, help me turn my other cheek and sex sticks and stones. May break my bone, but your words can't hurt me. No, you just can't hurt me. No, I ain't been right more than I've been wrong, and it still can't hurt me. No, it just can't hurt me. No. No, you just can't hurt me. No, you just can't hurt me. No, no, no. Mama used to tell me, gotta use you when you're ready. Cause I ain't working on my own timing. Ain't got no diamonds on me, but I stay shining. Yeah, yeah. They say the world would be a better place if we take out the hate. Stop all the hate right now. Yeah, uh. Let's keep it real. It'd be better if we just subtract the fake. Yeah, so be a light up on my path and a lamp under my feet. I know my faith strong, but my flesh still kind of weak. When that victory be looking like the verge of defeat. And I feel that disrespect, help me turn my other cheek and say sticks and stones. May break my bone, but your words can't hurt me. No, you just can't hurt me. No, I ain't been right more than I've been wrong. And it still can't hurt me. No, it just can't hurt me. No. No, you just can't hurt me. No, you just can't hurt me. No, no, no.
live mark you can you can intro hey what's going on guys uh, a little bit rusty here uh, <laughs> man you got you got you got me zoomed in like like a muff what's up guys uh i'm mark obviously uh alongside my co-host sean what's going on sean how you doing bud you know i'm good i'm good i got nothing to complain about yeah let's, let's zoom it out a little bit man <laughs> uh, i gotta figure out how to do that right now i had to i had to make some stuff work earlier because it's been so long that I don't have your nameplate anymore, apparently. I know, uh, man. I miss, I, I miss you. I miss you, my hey, hey, dude. It's up there. It's up there. I see it up there. Um, I miss you, my guy. How you been, man? Be good. Between being sick and uh, you know all that good stuff, just trying to uh, get back into the swing of things at this point. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, tell me about that sick, sick being sick stuff, man. Uh, obviously, um, well, did you? What were you sick with? Did you get? You didn't get COVID, did you? Uh, no, I didn't have COVID. I got a uh, upper respiratory infection. You just going to be zoomed in tonight. That's just how it's going to be. <laughs> I can't get it fixed right now, but that's okay. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, like we had planned all these plans and everything was ready. You know, we were going to have a, a, a great time. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of streams. We were going to close out the season with a couple of streams and, and uh, we had some surge stuff that we were planning and then. Just I got sick and was down for like two weeks in a row, and then you got sick. Um, like literally the next time we were gonna stream, you got sick, and uh, we've just been both of us just been sitting here trying to recover. So I guess the real question is, since you got sick after me, how are you doing? Uh, well, you know, uh, well, I, I did, I did get COVID. Um, it's funny because um, I went to Canada, right, and they had just lifted the ban over there, like literally two weeks before I went over there. So, you know, I thought, oh, you look cool. You know, we're going to be, it's going to be a, say, the safest country we're going to be in, blah, blah. You know, so it's going to be all good. We went over there. The atmosphere was live. People were, like, happy and joyful, I guess. You know, you obviously you still see your random, your random people here with with uh, with uh, 
face, face masks and stuff like that. But but everybody would seem like just be so relieved over there. And uh, we had a great time and it was great. We had a fun time in Toronto. Um, but the airport situation was, man, it, it, it's, it's a little bit rough over there in Toronto, the airport situation. So uh, I've never had so many delays, but I guess it is what it is. And and unfortunately, I guess during that whole time, you know, obviously over there, you know, somewhere along the airport on our airplane, you know, I, it got me. It got me, um, which is kind of funny. I was telling my wife, you know, you know, obviously, y'all know what I do. I, I I sell I sell alcohol and beer and stuff like that. And during the whole time when it was heavy, it was just me and COVID out here in these streets, you know, while everybody else, <laughs> when everybody else when everybody else is chilling at the house barbecuing or just getting under your partner's nerves. I was out there pushing that, pushing that, pushing that P, right? I guess pushing P or whatever. And um, and it never got me, man. I mean, like, well, that I know of, it never got me, man. You know, and I was out there heavy, heavy. And and now that it's kind of on the back burner and on um, nobody's mind really, it got me, man. So it's I guess thankfully I got it after I got, you know, all my all my shots and stuff like that. So I got like a little bit of a headache and and a little sinuses, but nothing too heavy. Um, I didn't lose any taste or any or any smell or anything like that. So, you know, it wasn't too bad. And but well, you know, thankfully. So uh yeah, it's been obviously it's been it's been a while. Uh we're gonna be very rusty. So <clears throat> guys, hang with us if you can, please, for the love of Pete. Uh give us a little bit of break. Uh but uh obviously tonight is probably gonna be extremely heavy, dynamo focused. Uh we certainly would love to talk Dash, but there's just so much that's happened Dynamo side in the last, since we last streamed, end of the season, obviously uh, a lot of roster options, contracts that have been either picked up or not picked up. We want to talk through that. Uh, there's been a couple of moves that have already been made. Uh, there's some rumors of some additional moves. There's a lot of uh, open roster slots, which opens up the door for Pat to make some moves. Uh, oh, and by the way, little little news, we have a head coach. I don't, everybody knows that, but uh, so that also happened while we were out uh, sick and recovering. Uh, and yeah, uh, and then I guess we should also declare the Astros World Series champions because they are. Uh, let's go Astros. Uh, incredible, incredible job by the Astros. But uh, this is a Dynamo podcast and Dash. Uh, but uh, this, this week it's going to be very heavy Dynamo, so... Uh, apologies for any Dash listeners or viewers. Uh, we will be very focused on Dynamo this week, but let's dive into it, Mark, if you are ready. Yeah, I'll just say this about the Dash real quick. You know, congratulations on making their first playoff appearance. You know, obviously uh, to lose the game the way they did at the last minute, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaker. But obviously, you know, the, the club is going in the right direction. So uh, shout out to those ladies. And hopefully next year we do above and beyond and exceed the expectations that we that we set that we set for ourselves this year. So yeah, shout out to Dash. Um, yeah, real man, quick, I, real quick though, yeah. let's also make note uh, just for those Dash listeners that don't know, uh, Juan Carlos Amoros, the guy that we were extremely excited to have take the head coach position for the Dash, uh, elected to step away uh, and take a position up as head coach of Gotham. Uh, so the Dash are now with, with without a coach. Uh, or they're going to promote Sarah Loudon, which I don't think anybody would actually be totally upset by. I think uh, she proved kind of at the beginning of the season that she's ready uh, for that step, and, uh, and and I think that would be an incredible opportunity for Sarah and an incredible opportunity for the Dash. Um, and it was, as I understand it, the Dash were you know had, had 
offered to keep uh, Juan Carlos Amoros around, and it was his decision entirely to step away uh, and go coach Gotham. I think he wanted a little more freedom uh, than was being offered him uh, with uh, with with the new uh, general manager that had been hired here. I think I think somebody told him he can be Batman over there, so that's why he took it. But whatever. whatever. Uh, he seems more like a Robin to me, but you know, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Anyways, let's, uh, let's dive into Dynamo. Go for it. Yeah. So talking about head coaches, I mean, obviously Dynamo let go of, uh, Nagamora during the season. Uh, Kenny Bundy did a, a fantastic job as in an interim basis, but as we all knew, he wasn't gonna, gonna be, uh, consi- I, well, I don't know if he wasn't considered. I mean, I'm pretty sure he interviewed, but, but, uh, he wasn't really, uh, uh, for surefire candidate for the new head coaching job. And that happens to go to uh, one Mr. Ben Olsen, somebody who, if you're a follower of MLS and been a Dynamo fan for the last, you know, since they've been created since uh, 2006, you obviously know him as, as a player for DC United. Uh, and as uh, obviously as their home from former head coach uh, for DC United, comes with a couple of accolades as far as, you know, playing and coaching as well one of the numerous amount of titles during the early stages of MLS when DC United was a powerhouse. And obviously I think that he won a, a U.S. Open Cup with DC United and, and led them to the playoffs um, a couple of times with, with, while he was head coach during during that tenure of his. Uh, but Sean, just your initial thoughts about Ben Olsen. I, I know the last episode that we had, a, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we were talking about head coaches and what kind of expectations we kind of have for for head coaches, you know, and, and what kind of, you know, I guess what kind of footprint Pat and, and Asher and obviously Ted could put if they hired the right guy. How do you feel initially about the Ben Olsen uh, hire? And that, how do you feel now that it's kind of been a couple of weeks now that he's been our head coach? You know, I, uh, when, when, <laughs> when I was informed of this, uh, you know, when the rumor or the, the rumor first dropped before, anybody had really you know clarified or verified it uh from the dynamo side it was it was the most random of leaks from i want to say it was from somebody like the athletic or something like that uh that that dropped the initial leak <clears throat> that just said uh ben olsen has interviewed with the dynamo uh in you know a, a, in person has interviewed in person with the dynamo uh, and you know, that was, the, that was the rumor and it was like, okay, yeah, but they're going to be interviewing like 10 guys, you know, there are 10, 10 people at least like, this is not going to be a situation where, you know, this is the guy it's way too quick for that. It, this, this doesn't make sense, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, less than a week later, really like three or four days later, and maybe even that, like three days later, it was, it was, you know, effectively it was leaked that Ben Olsen and the Dynamo had reached an agreement and that the announcement would come in the next few days. Um, and I was working hard with uh, some of my sources to try to get confirmation on that and try to just nail down some details. Uh, and yeah, so it's Ben Olsen. <laughs> uh, not the name I had pegged at any point in this process. Even when it was initially leaked, I was like, there's just no way. Um, I, don't any, I don't think anybody, any of us did really. I mean... Obviously, you know, he had a long tenure with D.C. United, more, most, more, more kind of, uh, you know, he, he was D.C. United. I mean, that's Mr. D.C. United over there, obviously. Uh, so that could, I guess they can't give him kind of a little bit of a leeway, you know, because he, he didn't have the most successful tenure with D.C. United. Um, you know, I think he won a U.S. Open Cup with them as far as as a coach. Um, but nothing that you would be like, oh, my God, we got to go grab this guy. You know, he's a former MLS Cup champion or 
you know, as, as a coach or whatever. I think he was a coach of the year one year, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, I mean, I guess he has that going for him. But, yeah, Ben Olsen was nowhere near in mind for me. I mean, obviously, we're talking about coaches like Tata. We're talking about Marcelo Bissau. Uh, we're talking about uh, Antonio Mohamed. Uh, shoot, you know, what was really upsetting, you know, obviously after the after the hiring from Ben Olsen, like two days later, later, uh, uh, Piojo Herrera, Miguel Herrera was fired from Tigres head coach and, and people were just like, oh my God, you know, dude, like that, that's the guy right there. Um, and, and, and things of that nature. So, I mean, I, I think, I guess from the, from the standpoint of a fan base, it was a bit of a disappointment, a bit of a letdown, a, a, a huge letdown. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of swift it towards that. But, uh, but I think now that people have, have kind of sat on it for like a week or two now, you know, Obviously, Pat in the interviews was mentioned a lot about having a lot of MLS experience and knowing the league in, in and out. And obviously, Ben does have that, uh, knowing the league in and out and knowing how the league works as far as uh, mechanisms available to you to build a team. And he can work hard with Pat and Asher to bring the right players in to run whatever style he is going to run for the Dynamo here this upcoming season. So. You know, we're, so with that being said, we're hoping that that you know, there's not going to be that much of a, a grace period as far as like, hey, we can get up and running, you know, because, you know, a lot of people were worried about like, oh, well, if you bring, a, let's say, um, Antonio Mohamed or, 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 you know, somebody from that caliber or whatever, you know, they might take a little bit of a time to get adjusted to, to, to the league, you know, they might not understand certain things and why they can't grab this player at this time and things like that. But like we just mentioned, Ben Olsen knows all this stuff. He understands it. And we should be ready to go once the season starts here. In, um, I, I believe the start date is somewhere in February, March. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's been announced yet. But um, but yeah, man, I mean, your thoughts on that, Sean, as far as like uh, giving them a little bit of leeway as far as, you know, getting off to a fast start or, or giving him a little bit of grace period, you know, depending because obviously he is a new head coach. I mean, he's not a new head coach. He's just new head coach of the Dynamo. I mean, yeah, he's got head coach here. You know? Yeah, he's got plenty of experience. I, yeah, you know, okay. Th there's two sides to this. I'm I'm gonna go on a rant at some point tonight, and it's gonna be about Ben Olsen. It's gonna be. It's not targeted at Ben Olsen, but I think there is this. The, the there's first, a letdown here. There's a letdown. Th there's a definitive letdown, and a lot of it centers on the fact that you had an opportunity as Pat, as the Dynamo, as Ted, to make a statement. And, mm -hmm. you know, the statement that was made with hiring Ben Olsen was, we don't believe this team is championship caliber. We don't believe we can get this team to be an MLS Cup contender. We believe that our ceiling right now is no higher than making playoffs. What happens in playoffs is whatever, but we don't believe this team is strong enough. We don't believe the players we already have, the opportunities we're going to get with, you know, to sign new players. The, the scouting we've done, the money that we have available, you know, all of these things in, 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 you know, in, in conjunction with each other, we don't believe enough to go and grab a guy that is going to be a monumental level hire. Instead, we're going to grab a guy that is the safe hire. This Ben Olsen is as safe as it gets when it comes to an MLS hire. And that's yeah. not a negative, but it's also not a positive. And here is my frustration as a fan. Here's my frustration as somebody who has followed this team for a very long time. The, the tenure since the moment that Matt Jordan was hired, since the moment Gabriel Brenner took over, is mediocrity is acceptable. 
The status quo is acceptable. Middle of the pack is acceptable. We're not striving for the top of the, uh, uh, you know, to be the top of MLS. We're striving to just be good enough. We're not striving to be excellent. We just want to be good enough. And but, good enough, go ahead. No, but I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, I, I, I hate to interrupt you, Ryan, because he's seeing like you're about to get worked up and stuff like that. You know, I'm just, about to get, I mean, I've been, I've been worked up for six weeks. I love to see you get worked up, Sean. Uh, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, we, we have to kind of humble ourselves a little bit, right? Because obviously like you see the last couple of years, we've been at the bottom of the, at the bottom of, of, of the table in the league. So to be good enough to just, to be a playoff team, that's a, that's a huge step forward, you know, for, for us as a, as a, as a team, you know, and, and then especially when you're comparing, when you compare ourselves to our rivals and, and Frisco and Austin, where, they were with us in in 2021 at the bottom of the, of the, of the, of the table and to the 2022 comes around and both of them are playoff bound. Uh, both of them meet in the second round of the Western conference and Austin makes it to the Western conference finals, you know, so it's a huge stride and huge step forward for those two clubs who are our main rivals. And yet here, we're still here behind, uh, whittling away in the, in the cellar of the Western conference and, and major league soccer overall. Uh, so a lot of people would be like, well, look, Ben Olsen might be as safe as you, as safe can be, but if he can make us a playoff team, that's a huge step forward. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, and I I know, and I'm 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 with you. I'm, I'm at that point with you where I've accepted what is the reality of the situation, which is that, you know, but I'm going to say this, I have it on very good authority. And I know this for a fact. The Dynamo spoke with Tata Martino. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, look, to be honest, I mean, I mean, they 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 had they had to, right? I mean, look, uh, Tata, to be honest, is is what you call a lame duck coach right now with the national team, and and the Dynamo know that. I mean, everybody in the world knows that. Unless Tata can miraculously t- drag this Mexico team into like the the fifth oh that game ain't happening that into, ain't into, happening into, into the fifth <laughs> game of a World Cup, which they've never accomplished before. And even even if that they probably still want to bring they still wouldn't bring him back, but they knew that he's lame duck coach. They knew his history, obviously his short history with MLS. He's won everything, and he did it with 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 the with the club that you know obviously gave him everything he needed to do that to achieve that. And he might not have it at the same level that he had it with Atlanta United, but I mean there was going to be some movement and some you know wiggle room here and there as far as being able to build your foundation of the club. And, you know, maybe next season will be the season where we can bring in our, you know, our sprinkles on top of the cupcake for us. But, you know, if, if, if it came out to where they didn't even talk to him or even reached out to him, I would be super pissed. And I would be asking for Pat's head already because the fact that, 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 that I think we've mentioned this in prior shows that shoot your shot, man. Who cares? Who cares how outrageous it might seem or how ridiculous it might, it might look from a, from, from a, non-dynamo fan standpoint you know looking in you know if this club happened to reach out to a big name or whatever for whatever reason do it man who knows you you never know what what where that person is in their life or what kind of adventures they might want to take or what kind of project they might want to uh step into so i mean i applaud them for reaching out to Tata. i don't know what the conversation was like and i don't know what differences they had or maybe Tata's not wanting to come back to mls who knows right but yeah, it's it's one of those things where when I heard Ben Olsen and it was confirmed, it was a, it was a major letdown from for me, honestly. Um, it was a major letdown. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I, I've gotten to the point where I've accepted, you know, it is what it is, but there is still a, a significant part of me that burns with a, a, a frustration level with this move that, you know, again, you don't have opportunities like the one that was there ahead of the team in front of the team mm. to make those kinds of moves to, to, to put a statement, you know, at the league level to really put for, you know, forth your best foot. Um, and, you know, going into this off season, a big, a big thing that was said consistently was we have a chance to make a statement. We have a chance to, to do something here because we have a lot of expiring contracts, a lot of movement we can make. We're going to, you know, Pat's finally going to have some budget flexibility, um, you know, all of this stuff on and on and on. And, you know, I know we're not to the point, you know, world cup still has to happen. So there's still going to be things that are going to happen before the end of, you know, the end of before the preseason, but that window closes very quickly after the world cup. There's not a lot of time once world cup ends, Four moves to be made before preseason starts. And, you know, I just, I struggle with this move for a couple of reasons. Again, it's a safe hire. Okay, I can get it. It's a safe hire. Pat's job is on the line. I'm, you know, going with a safe hire. Okay. But it, it's also one of those hires that, you know, you, you, it feels to me that this hire was set up by hiring Paolo last season, you know, in, in the last offseason. What I mean by that is, they put, they set the bar. Pat set that bar for coach so freaking low that anybody with any ounce of coaching talent could have rolled over the damn bar. And so, well, hold on, hold on. And so, you know, I look at this and I, and I, and yes, he's better. He's better than, you know, Naga. But to be fair, who isn't? I could have freaking walked into that damn stadium and coached that team better than Nagamura did. You can't, I'm sorry. And so my, you know, my frustration boiling over is as much to do with the fact that, you know, this level of, of, of hire in terms of it's the safe, the status quo, the mediocrity hire comes on the heels of the worst coaching hire in the history of the dynamo. And we've got, we've had some pretty bad ones, but you know, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, but it just goes, it just comes to show what a major, fumble they had by by hiring Nagamore in the first place last season. I mean, look, was Ben Olsen not available last season? I mean, like, like you know, honestly, honestly, I mean, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't coaching anywhere. He wasn't doing, I mean, I think he was running one of the NWSL teams at the moment, but I mean, but dude, people leave positions at any given time, you know, to go do something else if they're not really uh, immense in that, whatever, right? Like he, obviously that's what he did to come coach the Dynamo um for this season but it's one of those things where again they're trying to cover up for the for, for like you like you said the worst coaching hire in club history and that's that's saying a lot you know because we've had kind of a bit of a run of kind of bad coaches here as of late but to cover it up and then cover it up with this when you had an opportunity like you said we knew as a fan base those who followed dynamo we kind of know look we don't have a DP spot unless, you know, obviously there was a rumor of a fourth one being added, but that, that, that didn't materialize. So we don't have a DP spot. So we know that we're not going to bring in a big name to kind of, you know, be the face of the franchise or whatever. So where could you bring the face of a franchise in? 
you, your head coach, right? That's the only spot you, you have available right you, now. You, you have that spot available, and you have the opportunity to, to, you know, I, look. I wouldn't care if we if we were still with no coach at this moment. To be honest, you know what have what have what have the Dynamo done? You know they've done nothing. They they've they traded away Fafa. Uh, they traded away Parker. Cool, you know. Okay, cool. But I mean that doesn't that doesn't hurt whatever head coach is still interviewing or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, if, if a head coach comes in and they're like, you know, oh, no, I want it Fafa or I want it Parker. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, like we can find another Parker. We can find another Fafa. We can find. We got five guy. more Parkers sitting in dose. It's okay. We can find you another player who's going to, who's going to, you know, do make five outside outsides per game. You know, we could do that. We could, that's not, 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 not a bit, not a big deal, but you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, you had your opportunity to make a stamp on this off season with the head coaching position and you decided to go with the like just lag lazadaisical hire and Ben Olsen. But like, like I said, it is what it is. And obviously we're fans and we're supporters and we're going to back him. And hopefully, you know, like I said, he makes us eat crow and he takes us to the promised land, right? That's what we hope for. That's the optimism that we got, that we have to be forcefully uh, deal with, you know, unfortunately, but you know, with that being said, Sean, I, I mean, we mentioned, uh, unless you want to carry on on the Ben Olsen. Topic, oh, we got to carry know. on with Ben Olsen. We ain't done with Ben Olsen, bro. Come okay. on. Ben Olsen, Ben Olsen, Ben Olsen. Uh, but no, seriously, <laughs> look, he's like, he's like the fifth best Olsen, to be honest. I don't know about that. He, yeah, he, he's Mary out there Kate, a little ways. There's, there's Elizabeth Olsen, you know I mean? There's a couple of Olsons out there that are a little bit better. Oh, okay. That, I can think of three in that same family. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, you know, I, here, here's the thing. I, I don't, I don't care about the record in, <laughs> in terms of Ben's record or in terms of any other coach with the Dynamo's record. Hold on. Because what, I, what I care about is making playoffs. And I know that Ben understands what is necessary to make the playoffs. I know that this team last year, regardless of what you say, exclude Nagamura from the conversation. The proof is in the pudding. Look at what Bundy did with this team in his five matches that he had with them. They were good enough in those five matches to have made the playoffs if the, if he had been able to coach them the whole season. And this is a guy coming from Dyna Dose, for, for God's sakes. So, you know, it, the thing is, is, is the team was already good enough to be a playoff contender. Bringing in Ben Olsen, to me, does not elevate this team any further than they already are. All it is, is once again, we are going to be treading water, looking to be good enough to make the playoffs. That's the target. That's the goal. To me, that is a, a stark representation of what the Pat Onstad era of general management with the Dynamo has been all about so far. It has been about treading water to get to a future point in time, selling the fans on the idea that what we've done so far is good enough and that we were tied up in what we could do otherwise. Everything so far has felt very much a, I understand the absolute dire straits that this team is in. I understand what it's going to take to get us there, but it's going to have to happen in baby steps. You know, the whole idea that Pat had a hundred point pre slide presentation, it makes sense because in his mind, it's going to take a hundred damn years for us to get to playoff, you know, significance to become a significant team within MLS again. It feels like that right now. Go ahead. The, the, the thing that they have going for them, obviously, with the whole new regime, is that you can't get any lower than what we're than, than what we are. That's not true. You Wooden know? spoon is there for the taking. Careful <laughs> what you say. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, but but realistic, but realistically, with a spoon or not, whatever. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, we're 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 the bottom table. We're the bottom table. The Western Conference and MLS overall. You know, we're gonna have more teams come in, and you know, I mean, it is what it is. We can't you second to last, last place. It's all the same, right? We're not making the playoffs. We're nowhere near the playoffs. We're no we're nowhere near the level of talent that we need to be to to be considered to be to make a playoff run or anything like that, right? So obviously, if somehow some way they managed to make a couple of signings here and there and they help out and this team sniffs the playoffs this season. It's a huge success for, for them and their, and their, and their, and their uh, point of view. Right. Um, and I was just saying, hold on. I got to ask this question to you. Is that good enough for you as a fan? Is that from a fan perspective, is that going to bring people back into the stadium? If the, if the dynamo, are in that position, in the seventh position to make the playoffs in 2023. Look, look, just, yeah, you have prime example across the street on 59 in the Astros. When the Astros were losing 100-some games and and no, and they were bottom of the table in ML, MLB uh, for the, in the NL Central or AL West, depending on whatever, whatever time we watched, started watching the Astros, um, nobody was going there. It was empty stadiums. You know, I, I can buy a five dollar ticket and go sit right there, right, right behind, you know, dugout, or whatever, you know. Um, which is now, like, you know, people buy only come out when there's a seven dollar tickets for the Dynamo, and they don't even show up sometimes for those games at all either, um, unless it's a unless there's a, a big get or some, a big name player coming on uh, into the into our stadium. But you know, you have the prime example right across the street, and. And you know, and I know, Sean, that as soon as this team starts producing and starts showing players that that we can get behind and start showing a level of of a style of play that's 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 obviously attractive, you know, and can make a playoff push, the the, the fans are there for them. The fans are there for them, but but they they but they're not going to be there until this team, this club, shows that they're willing to to give us a reason to be there. You know, obviously, you, you myself and you, Sean, and a lot of the guys on the on the stream here on the chat, we're supporter. We're part of a supporter group, you know, and we go and we're out there regardless if it's if it's uh, raining, sunny, midday, late night, um, whatever. We're there, and, and you know, we're we're that we're the we're, we're those fans and supporters that you know we're gonna be there regardless. But how do we fill up the rest of the eighty, the other eighty percent of the stadium, you know? Um, and the only way to do that is by having a winning product, having an attractive product, having a product we can get behind. And at this moment in time, we don't. Yeah, Hector Herrera was a nice, was a nice little oomph for for notoriety and for and for promotions and things like that and that nature. But that, that I mean, look how quickly that that flamed out, you know. And and if we still had the same results, if and, and a matter of fact, I think we had a worse record when he was on the pitch, and. And things like that. It just it, it you 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 get a little bit of a flame, a little bit of a gas on our flame on our flame, and then something happens and out goes the fire. We we can't we can't produce a fire to save our lives. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess the the final thing I'll say about Ben and, and trust me, I could I could literally rant for hours at this point, and um, it, it's. It's a situation, and I've said this, and, and I'm only reiterating because I, I hope it gets across. The reason that I am as frustrated as I am, and the reason that I am as heated as I am about the hire 
has nothing to do with Ben, has nothing to do with his record. It has nothing to do with him as a person or hit, you know, his time coaching DC or his time off. None of those things. This comes down to the fact that, you know, you, I, you know, we talked about it to start, but it, it's, it was an opportunity to really do something big for this club, do something big for the fan base to, you know, uh, let's let's say it for what it is. You had an opportunity to basically pay it forward to the fans that have stuck it out through the last 10 seasons of crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and instead, you go and you grab a guy that is good enough, is just good enough. You don't go and you grab the guy that, you know, that, that realistically and, and, and I don't know. You know, I, I couldn't tell you what the, the what a Tata era would give us, you know, what the end result of that would be. But I can tell you it would have been hella fun. I don't know if the Ben era is going to be hella fun, but it certainly is not going to start out hella fun. There's going to be a a period of time of adjustment for players, of adjustment for coaching staff coming in, of adjustment trying to get his tactics and his idea of how he wants the team to play to kind of gel and mesh and all of that. And, And... He's not the type of coach that's going to go out there and, and win fans over by being who he is. And and on top of that, I mean, and look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm a master understand understander of of Ben Olsen's tactical, you know, ways or whatever. Because I honestly I can't remember aside from him, you know, aside from the teams that he that had Rooney and, and Luciano Costa on it. I can't really think of a DC United team that was like that. I was just like, oh my God, it's must watch, it's must see TV because of the way they play. Um, so I mean, you know, given that, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those, it's 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 one of those things like where I'm not I'm not expecting an exciting brand of soccer, you know, unless, you know, somehow we get an exciting player to 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 run it. But I mean, where does that player appear? You know, <laughs> from where? Um, and um, and you like I said, obviously I think like Tata was a was a great, you know, was a great dream to have because, you know, he's a, he's a coach that already understands your marquee player and, and Hector Herrera because he's already, he's already coached him. Another one, like, you know, with like Miguel Herrera with Fiojo, he's already coached Hector Herrera as well. So he's another coach that already understands your marquee player, your franchise player and how and where he plays best. Uh, and obviously we, we both, we know those two guys style because they always, whatever team they're coaching has been an attractive brand of football. With Atlanta United, with Barcelona, Argentina, with Paraguay, all those all those squads have been have been attractive brands of soccer. Yeah, I know he had big players in all those teams, but I mean, but still, you can you can you can replicate that type of style with players, you know. And, and players love to play that free range style where they where they're able to express themselves on the pitch and not just be robots on there and, and be and being told to be here, play there, be there, this and that. The same thing with Miguel Herrera. Herrera is not the most tactically gifted coach in the world. He's more of a motivator, more of a motivator. One of those coaches that fire you up and you're run up and you're run up through a brick brick wall for him. Um, kind of kind of like what uh, Kenny Bundy did the last couple of games, you know. And that's why those teams were as successful as they were for those last couple of games because the team wanted to show that they had the talent because a lot of people were already out on them, out on them. They had a coach fired, so I mean, you know. You know how, how much worse can you be when you have a coach fired and your and your fan base is losing hope in you? And here comes good old little Kenny Bunding, and you know he just motivates those guys, makes the game simple, makes the the tactical changes simple, and just tells them, man, just go out there and have fun. 
you know, play, play like, play like you never won't play before. Play for your next contract. Play for you, whatever motivation motivates you. Play for that, and that's what they did. Yep, that's I've got. I just if I if I keep going, I'm not gonna stop. So we're gonna we're gonna move on. All right, man. So let's talk about the. I mean, we talked about the coach and all that stuff. Uh, you know, obviously that's not gonna change. Uh, ben Olsen, you know, welcome, welcome to Houston. You know, if you're watching, or if you get a chance to watch this, you know. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's anything personal towards Ben. It's just obviously we had higher hopes as far as, you know, uh, a bigger name, I guess. But, you know, obviously we hope that you do well and and make the playoffs. But let's talk about the players, Sean. Um, 11 free roster spots available for the Dynamo. Uh, an announcement today where uh, Memo Rodriguez, are one of our beloved uh, homegrown players, <laughs> will not be coming back to the Dynamo for next season. Seca. Our right back Brazilian who came in, who who had a little bit of a spark when he first came in, but then faded out once Griffin Dorsey took more of an advantage on that on that spot is not coming back. And one Darwin Quintero, who was signed under the tab Ramos era, who was that playmaker, that 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 player who actually brought a little bit of a spark when he was allowed to play on the pitch, you know, uh, is not coming back with us next year. Um, of those three, um, I, I'm, I guess you know, I know the answer, but who are you going to miss the most? Who am I going to miss gonna, the most? Yeah, who are you going to miss the least? <laughs> um, uh, the most. <laughs> I mean, you know, it would be easy to say Quintero, and the only reason I'm not going to say Quintero is because um, I, I've heard some stories about some of the, uh, you know, some of the stuff that happened, uh, you know, uh, off the pitch and... Uh, that, you know, that hasn't really gotten out there. And, you know, I, I just, I, I don't have any love lost for, for Quintero at this point. You know, you noted he was the most creative player on the pitch. On the pitch, he was the best player on the team. But mm -hmm. off the pitch, I, I think the problems that he brought with him uh, off the pitch, uh, you know, that that was cause enough to, to make this, you know, to, to not re-up him. Uh, in you know this off season, and I think that's a good move. I think it's gonna, it will create a better atmosphere for, uh, for Olson to be able to work within, uh, to be able to coach from within. Um, but uh, you know, it's a huge creative piece that you now no longer have. So the team is gonna have to do something to fill that void. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we don't exactly have a DP slot to fill it with. So I'm kind of curious: are we just drafting a kid and hoping he's gonna be the next coming of? <laughs> You know, whomever or what, because I ain't feeling it right now. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's I, no there's there's no creativity on the squad right now. There's there's zero creativity on the squad. Um, but uh, you know, uh, the flip side, you know, who am I least gonna miss? Uh, I think it's also Quintero. You know, it's like it kind of goes both <laughs> ways. Uh, just because That's of some cool. of the stuff that I've some of the stuff I've heard and some of the things I know. Um, but you know, uh, it'll be nice to not have to worry about, Oh God, why are they subbing memo on of all players? Why are they subbing him on? It'll be nice not to have to worry about that. I'm a little sad to see Seca go. I thought Seca played well. Yeah, um, I like and I, but I also, I also can see why Dorsey was given more minutes at the end of the season. Um, he was definitely playing better, but I think, you know, you look at it also, the flip side of that is, uh, Dorsey was not bringing anything defensively. He was strictly brought on as an attacking piece. Uh, yeah. and I don't know if Ben Olsen is going to want to play Dorsey as a right back. Um, and the only reason I say that is I don't think he plays that defensive style that Ben Olsen's going to want to employ. Uh, but that's, there, there you go. That's my answer to the question. 
Yeah, I mean, like as as far as like, like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not really putting any of the off off field things into this into this into this answer, but um, yeah, Cantero obviously being the best player on the pitch when he was on the pitch, you know, is going to be a huge hole that we have to that the front office has to fill, and it's an unfortunate thing, you know, that a 30, 33, 34 year old player was our best player, and he was a part time player. Uh, that just shows what kind of talent we had. Uh, as a whole squad, you know, it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, so he'll be missed. I mean, because he did have some moments and the Dynamo kit, you know, that obviously, you know, some of the goals, some of some of the passes that he made, some of the assists. So, you know, he did have a little bit of a spark here uh, as a Dynamo player. Uh, Memo, obviously, look, man, I know we bash on Memo left and right, but, you know, nothing personal. We just need a better player, a better, 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 more higher level player. And I think Memo um, has peaked and maybe he needs something to go somewhere to kind of be given an opportunity to reach a new ceiling, if that makes sense, I guess, because I don't think he's going to achieve that here. He's, I think there's too much comfort here for him and he's not going to, he's not going to grow professionally if he stays here. So I, I wish him the best of luck in whatever his, whatever squad he gets picked up with or wherever he goes. He, he seems like a great guy. You know, uh, I, I think I met him once and, you know, he was a really cool guy down to earth and things like that. So, I mean, you know, that I think that's the thing that I'll miss about him at most, uh, him the person and interacting with the fans because he was always at the fan events and doing those type of deals. Uh, Seca, you know, I mean, obviously Seca, I think, played like a uh, maybe like eight, nine games or whatever, but – you know, I like I like him for what he was, man. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna bash the guy. I mean, you know, um, you know, he was brought into a situation where, uh, honestly, I mean, there was no 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 win for him. You know, I mean, it was, you know, when once Naga left, you know, there was no hope for him uh, and things of that nature. You know, I think he was a great. Uh, I think he would have been a great debt piece a piece to have if you if they would have decided to bring him back. I think he was good for the team as far as you know. Um, you know, with the with the little bit of influx of Brazilian players, players that we brought in under Naga, obviously to kind of you know just have a little bit of a Portuguese culture going on there as well. But I mean, neither here nor there. You know, I wish him the best as well, depending wherever he goes. So yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, obviously other players departed, and not just because their options were picked up, they were traded away. Uh, our captain. Tim Parker was training away to Nashville. No, not to Nashville. I'm no. sorry, to St. Louis. I'm sorry. St. Louis, uh, who are playing tonight, I think, against Borussia Lewandowski. Leverkusen. Sorry. I don't know. I had Lewandowski. I really, really wish <laughs> that he would take over that team when he retires and like, right. buy it outright. And rename it to, <laughs> to Borussia Lewandowski. That would be amazing. <laughs> No, it doesn't uh, have to be Bayern. It could be any of the German teams in that first, you know, first tier. Just I mean, I, I mean, during his time over there, he owned them all. So I mean, oh, it's it. fair. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, uh, Tim Parker goes to St. Louis, and Fafa uh, Pico goes to Nashville. Uh, Sean, uh, are those two are you going to miss any of those guys? And how do you think they're going to? Do you think they'll be better for? The, it's better for them leaving, and obviously. The Dynamo gained a lot of uh, quite a bit of gam money, you know, um, and both uh, transactions for this season and next season. So obviously, it's going to help us a lot with uh, as far as maneuvering and picking up players uh, here within the league. 
Uh, Sean, your thoughts on those two transactions that were made by by Pat and those guys? Yeah, I think we all kind of saw the Fapa one uh, was gonna, you know, was coming uh, after the rumors broke midseason of his desire to leave to go to Liga MX, and then the team, you know, basically the staff had to pull him into a room and say, "Hey, let's talk this out." Uh, and he agreed, you know, agreed to to work it out for the time being. But you you don't get into that kind of situation. You don't you stick around. It just never happens, uh, especially when the team was as bad as they were. Um, and then as far as Tim Parker goes, I mean, you know, look, you weren't going to keep both Hadebi and Parker. That pairing wasn't working. It wasn't going to work. You re-signed uh, Starez before that. So you basically had said, you know, Parker's the odd man out because you were going to have even more trouble trying to trade Hadebi because they were basically on the same contract with the exception of Hadebi takes up an international slot uh, and Tim Parker is a domestic player. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, with that, it kind of makes sense. The part that I think I, it hurts me a little bit to, to see is, you know, we're going to continue paying roughly a third of his salary, uh, Parker's salary for the next two seasons, uh, 425k, uh, of his salary will be on the dynamo budget salary budget. Um, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing, but I mean, you also look at it, Barlow's not on the, on, on the salary because he is a generation that does contract players. So you can look at it from that standpoint where, okay, we're paying this, but it's, it's kind of like we're paying Bartlow's contract, I guess. But you Yeah, know, but I think you have to look at it from a, uh, the flip side of that, too, is that if, you know, you were obviously you were in a situation where you had to move one of them either way. But but the other side of that is 425K, I mean, that's a player, if not two, you know, veteran players or young players uh, that could come in and fill, you know, fill depth roles uh, as needed. and. And, and I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's going to come back to bite us necessarily, but it's definitely going to be another thing that is in the, you know, many, many, you know, excuse cards that Pat has drawn throughout the last few, you know, season or so uh, that he's thrown out there as reasons why he's not been able to really, you know, refresh the team at, you know, at an adequate level or rebuild the team to an adequate level. Um, that, that's, that's the way I look at it. I, I get why it's included because if I'm Nash or not Nashville, if I'm St. Louis, I'm kind of demanding that, you know, some of that salary be paid because that's just such a huge amount of salary. Uh, but on the flip side of it, it's, it's kind of a, it, it's one of those things The dynamo had to make the move, but they put themselves in that position to begin with. And that's more the frustration. It's less about Pat and more just the fact that we were in that situation with a guy that was, marked at the time to be the cornerstone foundation piece of your defense. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that is kind of that, that right center back spot is kind of cursed. Don't you think? I mean, you know, I mean, it was Parker prior to him. It was Struna prior to him. It was uh, Rodriguez prior to him. It was, uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? I can't remember. I know I'm missing one, but, but yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's, we, we've as a club, we've heavily invested in that center back that, and that anchor that kind of that spot with that kind of Van Dyke position where we're trying to have somebody have be the leader of that back line and it just hasn't happened for us, man. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Bartlow, he showed uh, a lot of, a lot of glimpses that he can handle the plane, but I don't know as far as being the leader of that back line teenage Hadabi, I think, you know, uh, you know, he's still, kind of wild out there. I mean, he's, he's gifted athletically and he has the speed and things like that, that you want to, that, that you want that's opposite of a Tim Parker because Tim Parker is more that bulldozer, you know, physical type. So you kind of have contrasting styles there, but, you know, but Hadebi just, he, sometimes he's wild, man. And, you know, and he picks up those random yellows and red cards and it's, it hurts us, you know, obviously, 
so hopefully he gets better with that on, on having another year under his belt with the Dynamo. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we don't know the, what's going on with the left back with Junqua being given a bona fide uh, offer, but we don't know if he's going to come back. Uh, Lundy, I think he was picked up, right, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, but you know, but Lundy's like, you know, there's this interest from him. There's interest abroad for him, if I remember correctly, by a couple of teams. And the way things are looking, if, if, if somebody gives a good offer for Lundy, I think Pat and Asher are letting him go. Um, and then obviously we go back to the right back spot right now where you have a right, uh, a right winger and Griffin Dorsey <laughs> playing it right now at the moment. Uh, Zach is not coming back. Uh, uh, Valentin has been let go. So, you know, we have a lot of questions in the defense last year where, or from this year coming up, whereas if last year that was kind of like, we were, Hey, this is where we spent most of our money. You know, we should be fine defensively, but obviously that wasn't the case uh so i mean sean you know is with with the re-entry draft and all that stuff all these mechanisms coming up uh do you think that's one of the things they're going to focus on as far as the defense being something primary first so they're gonna or they they need somebody to distribute the ball to sell us right uh yeah both uh, both uh i i don't think we see the you know that player that's going to be the the distributor uh, in the center of the pitch. Uh, you know for the attackers, I don't think we see that player come in, and I I think that player is probably coming in through the draft. I mean, you have such a high draft pick overall um, that it feels likely that you could probably work. You know, try get a guy that's going to fit that position and and get him on a um, on a uh, a Jenny Ditas contract as well. Um, but you know, you you've got a couple of very key positions that you need to you know, definitely positionally or not positionally, but definitely find replacement think, yeah. upgrades for. I think we have a lot of key, posi- key positions that we need to fill in. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, you're not wrong too, but yeah. um, y- you know, that there's, you know, you said it, Dorsey's really, you know, not a right back. Uh, and, and the reason this is important is Ben Olsen is known for, wanting every one of his teams to be defensively very, so- very solid, very sound. Um, and that was a struggle last season. Uh, you know, we conceded at some really inopportune times. So, you know, and it's not just a mentality thing. I think there were times that, that talent was just not good enough. Um, uh, and, and so, I mean, yes, Junka, he's, but he's not a starter, right? He's not that guy. He's not a he's center a back. He's not he, a, he, he's just been given an offer. So he's not on the team. On, on the team right now he hasn't accepted the offer he was given an offer yes, uh, but he just hasn't offer. accepted it yet so he's not he's not back with the team yet but but i have a feeling he will be back right like he he's he's not going to go out on the market and command a whole ton of money um so whatever he got is probably good enough and he'll probably resign um but but even then you know is he going to be deployed as a left back as a defensive midfielder as a center back as a right back, I mean, the kid has played across the line and in a, in a number of positions. He's even played left wing, I think, at one point. Um, you know, so I, I just there, there's you got a lot of players that are kind of utility guys, right? If you think about baseball, they're they're you your utility infielders, but they're the guys that aren't starting. You know, those are the guys that typically aren't. You they're know, the jack, they're the jack of all trades, but master of none. Exactly. We don't have any. You know, we don't really have any masters on our team. I mean, except for yeah. Clark. But to be fair, you better have a goalkeeper that's a master at goalkeeping because that's, you know, and, you know, and, and Sebas, I guess, at, at striker. But outside of that, everybody's kind of a, 
you know, a, a, a middle-ish, you know, player except for Coco and and I guess you could say Herrera, but I think you you kind of nailed it when you said, you know, when Herrera was on the pitch and and I consider it to be an outlier that the sample size was pretty damn small, but yeah. when Herrera was on the pitch last year, this team was not any better than they were when he was off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, right now we there's four guys penciled in, right? You got Sevas, you got Coco, you got Hector, and you got Clark. Um, you know, those guys are going to be penciled out unless you know something's done with with with, with the goalkeeper position. But I think Clark is going to be our goalkeeper for another year, unless something tra- unless something's unless somebody becomes available that's you know we just didn't think was available at the time. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's um. That, that's four positions out of 11. So we have seven positions that we need to fill with, uh, with, with somebody better or hope that whoever the incumbent is got better over the offseason or is going to get better under Ben Olsen. Uh, that's what we're really hoping for here, right? Um, and, to, and like to be like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I don't even, I, I'm not even sure what kind, of, what kind of formation, what kind of tactics Ben Olsen is going to run, to be honest. You know, I'm not too familiar with, with his style of play. Uh, and, but like I said, his style of play doesn't scream attractive attacking, attacking football. So, I mean, uh, we don't have a attacking player on our squad to start off with anyway. So that might be a plus in Ben Olsen's cap, feather, uh, a feather in his cap, because, you know, he, like I said, he does uh, that I know of, it's not an attractive attacking style. Um, so maybe having all these jack of trades where you can move somebody to another position and play him here, this and that. And, you know, it's, it's good for him to give him kind of more versatile and more options in different positions, depending on what, if he wants to switch formations up or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's, it, obviously we're so early into the off season. Uh, the, the head coach has barely been named. So it's, it's a lot of things we could be just floating around and things of that nature. Obviously we'll know a little bit more once 2023 gets here and, and the reentry draft has been done, and you know a, a couple of free agents have been signed, and obviously the World Cup finishing up after that to see what kind of players have become available after the World Cup uh, is going to be another thing. And obviously with the winter transfer winning uh, transfer window opening up in January as well, it'll give us another mechanism to go grab players as well. But it, it's going to be interesting, Sean. And and like I said, I mean as a, as a fan, as a supporter for the Dynamo, I mean it's just man, I I don't know where I stand as far as like how hype I am about this because like I knew that the, the to grab a, a significant player that's going to actually make a difference for this squad was going to be is going to be a a high task for to, for us to ask of the front office but to get quality players who understand MLS and who can and who can balance out the team and make the team competitive shouldn't be that that much of a ask from the from the bas- from the fan base standpoint so i guess we'll see i mean i i know that i've seen the free agent list i've seen the players that are available as far as you know, from other teams that 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 have they've been let go, and you know, obviously there's some players on there that that, that would be intriguing for the Dynamo, but also as as a player, why would I be intrigued in going to the Dynamo? That's 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 another thing where I'm like, man, you know, if you know, let's say I don't know, I can I'm trying to think of a player right now off the top of my head, Julian Gresham, just just say him for example, right? Um, if, you know, he's a very talented player defensively uh, attacking as well. Um, great, great years under in Atlanta, great year under Vancouver as well. Um, can score goals, can assist, 
and do all that stuff. He's going to be probably a high-end TAM play, player, um, which which obviously fits our billing of the type of players that we need. But if we're offering him a million dollars in salary, and let's say LAFC or, or let's not even say LAFC, let's just say a mid, let's say RSL is offering him the same million. What? Why would he come? To, why? Why would I choose a Dynamo over RSL? You know, or 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 or, or Montreal or, or or another team that that's actually looking. You know, that has a little bit more stable history, recent history. George says because of HH, because of Ache Ache. <laughs> Ache Ache. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of players have marquee players too, and 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 those and those marquee players are are you know are, are more serious about being in the on the pitch than you know than 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 you know whether or not his injuries are real or fake or him out there hanging out taking tequila shots from Grupo Firme or whatever you know it's it's professionalism and you know and you know just. Like I said, Ache Ache was brought in because, you know, we thought that, you know, he would have a little bit of influence of bringing in other players and things like that. But realistically, what kind of influence does he have to bring in what kind of players? I mean, Chance already said, you know, the international market is going to be a difficult market to tap into from the Dynamo standpoint because we don't have the money available. We don't have the spots available. We don't have the DP money available to to bring that kind of caliber player. So it's going to be uh, end league trades. Uh, a couple low end, you know, South American players that we can bring in another like uh, like Tiago or or Nelson Kionis, you know, things like that type of player that we get on cheap that we can bring them in and put them in a, a U twenty two slot or whatever. But where the what influence does HH have? You know, yeah. Can he bring me Diego Lanes now that he's not a World Cup player and he's gone to Portugal and shipped a bit over there as well and his market value has has plummeted. You know, and he's not really doing well over there either. Can you bring me that guy? You know, I mean, you know, you you, you say the Dynamo really don't have the money, but I think we have to remember that a lot of that TAM that that is available now was not available last season because of contracts like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Parker and 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 other contracts that you know for players that we were paying a, a pretty penny to keep around. Um, a lot of those contracts have been. Deals. Uh, or yeah, the Corey Baird de- deal was one that we were still paying for last season. Uh, I think we're done with that deal. And for as far as Tam goes, uh, so He's that's like, back. yeah, but 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 as far as Tam goes, that like six hundred and fifty thousand oh, that yeah, we, yeah, yeah. you know, that we were paying for him last season is no longer on the books. Thank God. Uh, Man, I, I hope, I hope Cur- the Curry Baird that we had for the last few games last season shows up the whole next season. That dude better show up, and I, I have a feeling he will. I have a feeling. You know, you think of back to when Corey Baird first debuted with the Dynamo after being traded to the Dynamo, and he was electric. He was he was a great player in those first two or three matches, uh, and it was a combination of injuries and just I think the culture of the team at the time was very negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's definitely going to help him overall. Um, but I, I think there's room to make a move or two that that you know a it's not going to be a Gareth Bale type of move or a. Chiellini because you just don't have that kind of you don't have a DP slot available to do that uh, but I, I think you could buy down a DP slot I think it's reasonable to think you could buy down a uh, you know a, a Coco I don't know what Coco's salary is but I think it's reasonable to think you could buy down a Coco um, it, it, you know if necessary to a TAM player you know high TAM player uh, and free up a DP slot we'll have mm-hmm. to see what they do uh, this offseason or what you know and, and maybe they save that type of move for middle of the season 
during the summer window, which is typically when you can find those players on a, you know, on a half season introductory kind of loan for half a season or, you know, buy them, you know, buy them uh, at a cut rate in the summer transfer window, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but I, I just think it's important. We have to remember there is room to make maneuvers. Um, I don't buy into that whatsoever. Um, I there is Look, no chance that Elise is coming back to the Dynamo. There is. You, the, I, 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 I won't say there's no chance. I think there's a way that can be that can be done. But Albert, Albert would have to um, trust the Dynamo, I guess, in this in this in this. In this and scenario. my man, and the, the reason I say this is not happening. My man does not trust the Dynamo as far as he well, can throw but, them. But, I mean, but I mean, but that was the old regime, right? He, he was. Under it doesn't. The old no, 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 no. It, it doesn't. You can say that all you want. But as a player, the club burned you no, after you wanted to be after you wanted to go overseas. They wasted a year and a half of your life, yeah. you know, uh, just whittling away in, in Major League Soccer. And the value you got on that transfer was shit, to, you know, when um, it could have yeah, been a lot more, yeah. you know, and, and we can all sit here and say, well, that was a prior regime, whatever. But in the player's mind, it's still the same organization. But you know. still, I mean, you know, he, I mean, it, but he got, I mean, I think he has love for Houston and he would consider coming back at obviously at the right price. But I mean, it would be one of those things where, um, hey, you know, if we made him a TAM player for this season and then, you know, we backload the contract, you know, and then next year he's making like five or six million a year, you know, something like that. Because I, I mean, obviously, Albert, you know, he was productive in Portugal. He was, he was productive, real productive for France. I mean, so we know that type of talent that he so, has. And, yeah, let me let me ask this question. I agree with you for what it's worth. I, I mean, there is a possibility that it can ha- it can happen, uh, but I also think you have to realize this is an opportunity for other clubs to make a move to get him too. Oh, for sure. Um, Somebody could offer a DP money or up front. Easily could offer him a DP contract. Here's the other thing: you bring in an Albert the least. That sounds great on paper. Who the fuck is is distributing to any of our guys? That's the problem. You know, Albert is not a distributor. He can create occasionally, but but that was yeah, his I biggest problem is he had nobody to distribute the ball to him. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the, I mean, Albert, you know, averaged about not about nine to ten assists a year when he was with us, and you know that was during the the peak of Manotas, you know, and obviously having a, another partner and Kyoto who was scoring goals as well, you know, and look, Sebas for 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 as for as shit as the team was, Sebas was still was still managed to score thirteen goals this season. Let's not let's let's not make that light because thirteen goals on this shitty. My man should have had thirty, but we won't go. Oh, there. Man, you know it, it's 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 mind boggling to me how many goals this guy could have scored if he just had serviceable distribution to her to him. You know, yeah, and and, and that's what and that's what Pat and Ashley have to look at, man. Like you know, like this guy scored double digit goals. And nobody distributed him the ball, you yep, know. Yep. You know, if we could just find somebody, a body who can just eat, who can make a pass or two, you know, this guy is, is averaging twenty plus easy. And, and and you know, so that's money well spent there. I mean, Sevas, look, Sevas, I'm I'm happy with the Sevas signing. I think you 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 are too, Sean. I'm elated. Know? That's yeah, best, so, uh, that's so, one of the so best he, signings we've had since Albert Elise. Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, you know, our DP, our nine is not a position of need. You know, he 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 can he can play the whole ninety. He's young. He's motivated. He he he's a Paraguay, he's a Paraguayan international. He wants to be he wants to be known. He wants to make that jump. You know, he's a player that has that has aspirations to move on to Europe in, in a future date. You know, so when you have a player like that, you got to take advantage of him during this time period and showcase him while he's still rocking your jersey. You know, and and we need to do that. 
That that's why they need to find somebody. I don't know who, but like you look at the players that we have available on the roster right now, Sean, and none of these players, none of these players are gonna average any any anywhere near five, six, seven assists like for the year, man. You know, not even Hector, to be honest. Coco might be one, might be depending on how they play him. But I mean, it's going to be a very tough deal. I mean, you know, it's and we need that attacking midfielder. We need that distributor. We need we need that playmaker who's going to take a little bit of weight off of Sebas because, you know, if if everybody defended Sebas and he still managed thirteen goals, imagine if you could take off one or two defenders off him because you got somebody else that had to worry about. That's that's another five, six, seven goals easily for him. Yeah. Um. You know, and obviously, you know, it, it, I would love to have Albert Feliz back. You know, with the Dynamo, I think I think that would be a, a huge morale boost for the fan base and for the club itself. But like like I mentioned earlier, with any other any other player, why would I come to the Dynamo over X Club? You know, and especially in this case, when X Club has a DP spot open available now, ready for me to go to, and they can give me X amount of dollars, I don't have to worry about it in the back end of my, you know, unless unless like I said, uh, who knows. Albert at least might, might really love Houston, you know, and that's great. And he might want to really come back. And, and that would be obviously awesome for us, for us. And if you were able to cut a deal like that for us, that would be amazing. But this is professional sports and professional sports. It's real cut dry. It's real cutthroat. You either going to take this contract or not, you know, we're going to move on. But you got, um, you got a limited number of years to get your bank. And yeah, yeah exa- exactly. Exactly. He you know, knows it. And, and this guy, he and Albert obviously has a skill level. He's 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 done his thing in Europe, and I know there's clubs uh, in Europe that might might have interest in signing him as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I said, it's early in the offseason, so it's you know it's one of those things where yeah, we're closing the chapter on 2022, and we're trying to open a new book. We're trying to open a new new book with 2023. Um, but it's uh, unless you're just in a note, and unless you're just you're just in those meetings with Asher and Pat and Ted and, and those guys. You know, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen. But let me ask you this one question, Sean, before the end of the show. I, I think we have about 20 minutes left. And, yep. you know, I think I think this might take up the rest of the show. But um, of the players that are coming back right now, and you have them, and you have them listed in our Discord so you can see them for yourself, uh, who has to make, like, who has to take the next level? Who has to step up out of those players? I mean, you know, like, who really, who, or you can name me two players. Who has to take a next step in their careers to really, uh, help out with the progression of the dynamo for next season uh brooklyn reigns is one uh, in my opinion i think he's going to be a player who is going to be with the senior team uh, i think he's going to allow Karaskia to play higher up the pitch uh and the other i think looking at this roster is going to have to be ethan bartlow he's got to step into that center back role and he's got to become the the force in that center back role opposite whether it's hadavi or Starez, whoever but he's got to become that guy um, and, and he's got to understand that this is an opportunity for him to step up and take that, you know, maybe not the captaincy that, that, uh, you know, that Tim Parker commanded, but, uh, you know, take that role along the back line of being a vocal guy of being the leader on the back line, uh, and those sorts of things. Yeah, he's young, but I mean, the kid proved it. He sees the game in just a different way. Um, he may not be as athletic as teenage, but his ability to distribute up the pitch, you cannot question it. Uh, very good player, very good, uh, just overall skills. 
and and a guy that that I think just at a at a young age has an opportunity to really make a mark next season. Uh, and like I said, Brooklyn Reigns would be my other one. I will I will I will second you on the Bartlow thing on the Bartlow um, pick because I too agree with the fact that look the Dynamo used a high super draft pick to pick him. They saw they saw a lot of potential in him. Unfortunately, his rookie season he, he battled a lot of concussion and injury issues. He came back the next season, started with Dino Dose. He was doing his thing over there, got promoted, uh, came over here. He spot started for for whenever there was, there was injuries, and he did well, uh, really well actually, to the point where I think you and me questioned a couple times as as to why he wasn't starting over Parker or over Hadibi or over uh, Stearns at, at times, right? And I think this is the, this is the time where he needs to grab the bull by the horns and and make that position his. Um, yeah, you're a top. You, he's a top five pick, if I remember correctly. And when you're a top five pick, you have to be basically an automatic starter. You have to come in here and be ready to go. Be ready to give your everything. I mean, because a lot of the obviously the the club isn't isn't investing in you right now because you're have you're on a generation Adidas contract. But once that contract is over. Are, is the club going to keep you? I mean, you know, because if, if you didn't if you didn't do squat diddly under that contract, why would the club even think about keeping you if you yep. if you're not if you're not nothing, you know? Uh, so I think Barlow is yeah one of those choices. The other choice for me would be Nelson Kionis because if Nelson Kionis can 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 step up, and I think this kid, man, he shows some flashes. Man, I'm really excited about him. Um, I think if if he can take it to another level or take it another step forward. Man, he's just gonna help Sevas a lot as far as him being another player that the that the defense, the opposing defense, have to worry about his speed and his way, his movement at such a young age. I think he's still 19 years old. So to have a player of that of that age and that high caliber, it's really exciting, especially on the on the on the attacking end of the of the pitch. You know, because you know, obviously, with your your two choices are more on defensive because Reigns is a defensive midfielder and Bartlett is a center back, but you know, to have some um, some hope in the attacking side of the ball, it, it's really intriguing. And I'm really hoping that he can take the next foot forward, you know, to help out Sevis up there up there in the front. I don't know how his distribution skills are. He wasn't he really didn't cross that much those the games that he was in. So I really can't say if he's a good crosser or not from the wing spot. Uh, or what I don't even know if there will be wings and Ben Olsen's, you know, formation. He might play a regular four four two, you know, who knows? Uh but with that being said, I think Kionis uh, is one to watch uh, as well. And, you know, just just uh, uh, one of those where I hope that he is our Albert, uh, second coming of Albert Elise, you know? I, uh, Albert, uh, I think Albert, Go ahead, sorry. I think Albert Elise, you know, bar none, is, was our best signing overall as a, as, a, as a club, you know, for what we got him and what he became. Uh, unfortunately, we like I said, like you mentioned earlier, the, the club wasn't able to take advantage of of his value and, and maximize the amount of money they could have brought into the club by selling him. But, you know, if we can get the second coming off Albert Elise and Kionis, that I would welcome that very much. You know, I, I kind of wonder, and, and I think he, I, I didn't really consider this, but I, you know, Ben typically played like a four, five, one or a four, four, two, one of those two formations, mm -hmm. uh, a four, four, two would be really fun with this team because boy, Sebus and Thor up top together. That could that could be that especially if you bring in a ten. Uh man, that's uh that's exciting to me. I'm I'm down for that. 
Yeah, Thor, I mean, and Thor's another player. I mean, you know, he like I said, we they spent a top. I think he was a top three pick. If yeah, I'm not he was top three pick. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Barlow and, and Thor, those those are, those are players that we know. We know we shit on the MLS draft sometimes because you know you don't really get that many good players off the draft and things like that. But I mean, but if this was a time that you that you need to take advantage of the draft when you have these top high picks and you get the the pick of the lot, you know, for the most part, you need a hit on these. Barlow yeah. needs to, Barlow needs to be a, a a hit. Thor needs to be a hit. I mean, Thor out, last year he looked out there. He looked the part, you know. Don't get me wrong. He 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 wanted to score. He wanted to be that guy. He wanted to be rookie of the year. He had that type of vibe to him. So I hope that he continue to have that motivation and that ambition to want to be a a good player, a great player, and that he'll score goals. Because I mean, I still remember that 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 goal against the LA Galaxy. That he scored man, fantastic goal, awesome goal. You know, and he had other moments too, you know, but then he had moments where he showed that he was a rookie and, you know, he showed that this game, but, you know, was a little fast, fat, a little fast for him, you know, and that's okay. He's, he's a rookie, but let's hope that he takes the next step and, and he, beca- and he becomes that much better. I'm a ho- I'm hoping he's training right now, you know, get it, get in that off season workout, bud workouts, yep. sorry, plural workouts, uh, Mm-hmm. But I mean, all of this hinges on getting a true 10, right? It all hinges on getting that distributor, like you said, that that player that is creative enough, is, is possession oriented. You know, uh, you know, Ben Olsen's teams have always been sound defensively, which is great. But if there's no, you know, if there's nobody to distribute that ball between the top guy, you know, the guys at the top of your, your formation, then it doesn't matter how good you are defensively. You're always just going to lose, you know, or, or, or draw you know, very close games, but that's about it. You're not going to score a wealth of goals, but you know, we'll see. I just, I think it's really, really interesting that, you know, we're sitting here. We know we need a true 10. We know that, that Pat has visited Europe. We know that Asher has visited South America. They both made scouting trips in the last couple of months. Uh, I'm interested to see what they pull off and what they can do this off season. There's plenty of opportunity. You know, we've got some empty roster slots. We've got some Tam, We've got some GAM, uh, you know, we've got some moves we can make, some international slots as well, some stuff we can do, uh, but it's going to come down to Pat working out all of the possible, you know, machinations that exist within the insanity that is the MLS roster rules and regulations, designated players, special discovery players, uh, amortized uh, uh, salaries (coughs) or transfer fees. I mean, just... Just every possible denotion of player needs to be, uh, you know, needs to be utilized in the in this off season and in, 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 or in the season uh, to maximize what we have. You mentioned the super draft. There's the reentry draft, the waiver draft, free agency. Uh, you know, there's going to be some opportunities. You got St. Louis who's building a team as well. Um, so there's going to be some players moving around, anyways. Uh, yeah, Evil makes a good point. Tam Gam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, look, we're going to have a lot of opportunity, but with opportunity comes responsibility to make the right moves. And Pat to this point has made some good moves and he's made some bad moves. He's made some, some decent moves and he's made some that are not so great. And, uh, you know, in, in a few months time, we'll be looking back at this off season come January into January, beginning of February. Uh, and we'll have a much better idea of what this team is going to be in 2023. 
But right now, it's November 16th. That's only like a month, uh, two months away, you know, two and a half months away. That's not a lot of time. And it's not like business is going to happen over the Christmas holidays. So, you know, I just feel like we're going to see a move probably sooner rather than later, uh, you know, for a player. Uh, it might happen once uh, once World Cup is up, but you know, you've got World Cup too. I, I mean, it's going to be hard for players to make moves during World Cup. Uh, so yes, yeah, so there's just a lot of things that still have to happen before the end of the year. Uh, thanks, FIFA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you know, so you know, I think overall for the from MLS standards, I think it's going to be a busy offseason. I think it's going to be an exciting one for the league in total. I just hope a little bit of that excitement falls the dynamo away, you know, so that way we can have a little bit of excitement to go with it. Um, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to, to, to open up next season for Generation Origin and we and we talk about X player as our marquee signing for this offseason, right? Yep. Because we don't know who that is at this moment. We know, we know and I have no idea, like, who, who it could be, you know? Could it be somebody that's in the MLS right now? Could it be somebody that's, you know, um, one of those players that, that just, you know, they're done with their European uh venture and they're coming over you know and whatever you know who knows could be albert elise we don't know it's um but once we get back on here next year for 2023 and you know when february starts coming along and and things like that and we start heating up and we start hearing about you know obviously you know getting together for the dynamo games late february or early march it's going to be exciting and and hopefully we have good things to talk about uh, good players to talk about and a lot of optimism for next season. I mean, you know, I know they say that, you know, once the new season opens up, everybody's zero zero and, and there's optimism in the room, but shit, sometimes it's hard to look that way. When you look at the, when you look at the names on the sheet and, and you, and you start thinking to yourself, well, where is this going to come from? Where's this going to come from? And, you know, I don't, you know, you don't know that. Uh, Cause obviously if I look at the names on the sheet right now, and I know Sean seconds me on this, Who's passing the ball? There's no distributor. And yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can see Coco being, you know, one of the distributors, but he, yeah. you know, we've got to have a true creator. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. And, and that's just, that's not Coco in my opinion. Not fully. Yeah. It's, it's not say he couldn't be serviceable in that position, but expecting him to be that guy at this, you know, at this stage, I think is just unfair to him. So yeah. uh, real quick, we got 12 minutes left and I really wanted to do this. So I'm glad we, we saved this time. We, you know, we, we did this intentionally. Mark has no idea I'm about to do this. So it's going to be great. We do have a world cup coming up very, very shortly. Uh, so let's do, you know, it is prediction time and we don't have dynamo dash or dynados to predict. So it's time to predict group stage uh, people who are the teams that are gonna uh, that are gonna win their group. Oh, let's go! I'm down. We're just gonna do we, we're gonna do number ones. We're not gonna worry about two, three, or four. I'm not gonna make you okay. pick the number two, number three. Uh, so group A, we got Qatar, we got Ecuador, we got Senegal and Netherlands. Who do you think is advancing out of that group? Netherlands. Netherlands. All right, I think it's a good pick. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go. Although <laughs> Senegal, Senegal. Uh, it's just sad what happened with Mane. That hurts me, man, because I think I think without Mane, Senegal don't have a chance. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if Mane's there for if Mane's there for the for, for the World Cup, because I know he's not playing, he's not playing right now in the in the friendlies. But if he's there, Senegal could be a problem. But the Netherlands. Yep, I agree with you. Netherlands is going to top that group. Group B, my favorite group. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, sorry, Cutter. Uh, group B: England, Iran, uh, USA, and Wales. 
this is the war group, right? Um, <laughs> oh damn, I haven't heard it called that. But yeah, group of war. Yeah, man. I mean, you know the 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 what was it called? The American Revolution, uh, the Iraqi War, and uh, and then the one with Wales in in England. Yeah, the the, the the United Kingdoms. Well, it's, I forgot what it was called. I heard I heard it in the Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, they mentioned it, but anyways, oh, nice. Uh, um, man, you know it's tough because. You know, obviously, you want the USA. You want USA. Who's to number one? We don't. We don't care about two, three, or four. Who's number Shit. one coming out of that group? Man, fuck. The bad thing is the number one team. I think their their head coach sucks, man. Gareth Gareth Southgate is holding that team back. But I, but England, England has to be number one. I, I agree with you. I actually, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this. I think uh, England are the team that advance like farther than people are expecting. I don't think they make the final, but I think they make they the, the talent, semifinal. They have the talent. They have the talent to do it. They have the talent to tell you, to bring it home, but I mean, but just but but the coach, the coach. Wholly agreed. Uh real quick, let's look at chat. We got uh Evil Death says Netherlands and Cutter in group A. Uh and uh says England and USA in group B. All right, so far we're on track. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Argentina, man. I thought Argentina's my winner for the whole thing, but Argentina. Uh, I agree with you on Argentina, I, and you know this is a group that I think is the second place is more important than first place, strictly yeah. because Argentina has that one locked up. Group D, we got France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. <laughs> uh, Denmark is sneaky good, man. De- Denmark, I know they don't have the big marquee names like like obviously France does, but Denmark play like a team, and they and they can pose problems with the pack. But the one thing that they need that they lack is a little bit of, a sc- of the goal scoring. But but as far as a whole team, they're 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 solid, very solid. Uh, but France is going to take that group. Yeah, Denmark is going to be a tough out, uh, I think, in the later stages. But I agree with you, France is the one team to take it from that group. Uh, but d- I wouldn't be surprised if Denmark nicked one off them uh, in a very tight affair, you know, tight game, and and you know, really makes things that, interesting. That, that that that's that's the one team that worries me because I. Obviously, I pick Argentina, so the the winner of Group C takes on second place in Group D, and that's, that would be Argentina, Denmark, and the next in the first knockout. Yep, round. yep. And and Denmark being such an, a strong, established team that can cause a little bit of problems for Argentina, but we'll see. Yep. Yeah, France. Group E, we got Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. Man, that you know that 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 group right there is is tough. Spain has all the talent in the world, obviously, right? Germany does too, but Germany. I think this German team is a little bit of a next twenty twenty six would be one of the years that they they the, the the German team that we know comes back. Um, Costa Rica, you know, Costa Rica. Sometimes man, you you don't know what what are you gonna get out of them, man. Those those guys, you know, they were supposed to shit the bed in two thousand ten, and then for them to beat teams like England and Italy and things like that and to make it as far as they did, it was an amazing run. And then who? And then Japan, 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 man, Japan is a is a good squad too. Oh, uh, dude, I'm gonna go Spain. I'm gonna go Spain. Spain too. I've actually got Spain winning the whole thing. Uh, but oh, I, wow. I've got Spain okay. topping Germany in this group. I agree wow, with Spain. you. This group, honestly, to me. This could be one of those groups that a surprise team comes out of, like a Japan or a Costa Rica. Um, I'll say one more. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I see Spain on the on the up and up, like they're playing a lot better. They're starting to find s- some of the right routes to to make things happen. I just think they're playing a lot better, and I think that's gonna make it a lot tougher on other teams. 
I'll say one thing. I, w- I would not be surprised if Costa Rica is the CONCACAF team that goes the furthest in this in this tournament. I could see it. Uh, all right. Uh, and we have uh, Evil said uh, France and Denmark from Group E, Argentina and Poland from Group C. Group E, Spain and Germany. C says E, Germany for Group, uh, for group E. Uh, so let's go with the next one. Uh, we've got Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. This is a tough group to call, man. It is, it is. Belgium is supposed to be under this golden generation, but they've have they've won nothing golden yet. They have the players, you know, Lukaku, the the Hazard brothers, the Bruner. I mean, they have they have world class players. Croatia, Croatia, man, it's these guys are never aging. I feel like I feel like the same Croatian team has been playing for the last twenty years. I feel <laughs> you, know, you. I feel you. Like, like these Croatians don't age at all. And then uh, Canada is up and coming, dude. I, I feel that Canada is going to be a beast in CONCACAF for the next for the next two World Cup runs. At least. Uh, but but it just sucks for them that they have to be placed in this group, man. So I'm going to go Belgium. But by the very narrowest of margins, I think Croatia can get there, too. I, I'm, I'm going. Go yeah, you know, it's funny. A lot of the same answers. Belgium for me as well. Top this group. But this is a group that I think Canada sneaks out of uh, as the number two ahead of Croatia. I still think Croatia will be in there as, you know, one of those third place teams that advances. Yeah, um, if, 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 Canada, if Canada can can make an upset, if, if, if they can tie or upset one of the one of the Belgium Croatian games, I think Canada have a very strong chance to 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 advance. But it's but but they have to pull it off, man. Yep. I mean, you know, yep. they, they have players. They have Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies. You know, play. to me, the, players. yeah. To me, the reason why I have them advancing over Croatia is I think goal differential is going to favor them because Canada is high enough attack to be able to do it. Croatia is not. That's the difference in the two yeah. teams. Uh, all right, Group G: Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Brazil. I think that's the easiest group. So I think that's the easiest group to call the first place team, right? Yeah, I think that second place yeah. team is a lot more difficult after that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, with yeah, them. yeah. I think Brazil's. I think Brazil wins every game in that in those NFs group stage. So there's no, there's, uh, to be honest, you know, as far as second place, uh, I, I, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Cameroon, man. I, I think I think Africa's gonna show up this year and World Cup. Um, I think Cameroon was gonna do gonna do good. Yeah, I, uh, you know, for, like I said, first place, easy to call. It's Brazil. Uh, but I think, you know, second place in that group's a lot harder to call. And I'm not going to call it because I just don't know. I really don't. I think the, those <laughs> the Latin, those other three, I mean, Cameroon is a team that could surprise you. Uh, a very, very fast team, a very decent oh, yeah, yeah. team. Serbia has some really great players that, has much players. like Croatia, they just age like fine wine. You know, the older they get, the better they seem to get. Uh, and then Switzerland is just, it, you know, kind of like Denmark a little bit. They're that, that team that a lot of Europeans will tell, you know, European uh, countries will tell you having played them that their style of, of play can, can kind of catch you off guard. If you're not careful, you know, they kind of, and, and, and I think that's why I went Cameroon because even though, you know, Serbia and, and them, and I'm not Denmark, uh, Switzerland, Switzerland, uh, are more experienced, or I guess have more experience or more high level players because of their league they're playing, right? Um, but in the same sense, Cameroon has that speed and that natural ath- athleticism that thing that can do away with the fact that you know with that physicality that that Serbia or Switzerland can bring in the back end, you know, because but but obviously 
that's the problem with African teams, right? They have all the speed and all the national, national, a natural athleticism, but they don't have the discipline. If yep. they can find, if, if they can find some discipline, they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be a good squad. Yep, agreed with you. I think Cameroon is is probably the team to come out of that group, uh, you know, second or or uh, as, and that's you know, Evil says Group G, Brazil and Cameroon. Uh, C says I picked Cameroon two of my two of my bracket, etc. Uh, all right, so Group H, here we go. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, Korean Republic. Korea Republic is a sneaky one. Portugal, Portugal, Portugal should should just off names alone, off players alone, they should they should win that group. But Uruguay, Uruguay, man, is is always there for some reason. They have they have talented players as well. Not not at the same levels as as Portugal, but they do have talented players. I mean, you got Maxi Gomez and, and Darwin Nunez to head your to head your 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 attacking, and their backups is Cavani and Luis Suarez. I yep. mean, too, like, yep. like you have attacking out of the ass. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go Portugal to win it and Uruguay to be second. See uh, with the major Korea. Yeah, see see with the major upset pick here, Uruguay. Uh, George saying Uruguay have a biting chance. I, I, I'm going <laughs> to actually go winner of this group is going to be Uruguay. I think that Portugal gets smacked in the mouth in that first match and don't recover from it. Like it's going to be one of those things. They just expect the group to do be they, handed to them, you know, type of thing. Do they play Uruguay in the first match? I can't, I don't remember the schedule. Uh, I don't think they do. Someone else will have okay. to, will have to tell yeah. us, but yeah, yeah Uruguay. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause I mean, the, the thing is, okay, look, you know, obviously we know the whole Ronaldo saga that's going on with Manchester United, whatever. And if that carries over and kind of, you know, causes a black cloud in Portugal, uh, on the Portugal squad, that that can Portugal plays Ghana in the first match. Oh, okay, okay, but that um, still that still could be an upset. Yeah, Ghana, Ghana's a good. Like I said, uh, uh, the, the the same thing with the African teams. Yep, naturally gifted, a lot of speed, a lot of goal scoring, but they just need discipline. But like I said, Portugal talent bar none. They're one of the most talented teams in the, in the whole tournament. You know. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm still taking Portugal over Uruguay. Uh, yeah, and it's important that Uruguay plays Portugal in the second match of that group, so that that's really interesting. There are some really juicy matches. Really, oh, yeah, dude. The the just the the when the when the uh, when the uh, groups were were drawn, I was just going, wow. There are some really intriguing groups in here. Um, this is probably one of the hardest World Cups I've I've tried to figure out um, from a you know from a who's advancing out of these groups to who's going into the next round and who's winning the next round who's winning the, the, in the knockoffs knockouts. Yeah, and the thing is, like you know, you always have that Cinderella, like one or two of them, right? So it's like you know, obviously, you know, the Brazils are there, the Argentinas, you know, things like that. And uh, but but you always have those Cinderellas that come out of nowhere. Like I mentioned earlier, when Costa Rica came out of yeah. a group with Italy and England and those guys in it, you know, it's 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 amazing, you know, and it's great because that means that this game is no matter no matter where you're from, what kind, what part of the world, what kind of league you have, there's always a chance, you know, there's there's, there's chances for this. And like Evan said, she says uh, Korea can upset Portugal. I, yeah, I, I believe that. You know, if, if you know, it would be, it would, it, it would be, would it be a huge upset? I don't think it would be a huge upset. Would it be upset? An upset? Yes, obviously. You know, they have a squad. They have team. They have a, they have a couple of good players on there. Obviously, son, you know, son, you know, from Tottenham. You know, he, he's, he's, he's a marquee player. 
You know, uh, I don't know. How, I think he's a little banged up. But, I mean, if he goes in there healthy, you know, and he's all about his country and his pride, man. And th that whole team is, you know, they play like a team. They play with pride. When you have a team that plays together with, co with cohesion and, and they're prideful, that could, that could, that, that, that'll take that team over a team full of talent any day yep. because those guys will work hard, you know. Um, and Portugal, like I said, they have Ronaldo, Bernardo Silva, Joao Felix, uh, Nuno Mendes. I mean, just like, like you can keep Bruno Fernandes, you know, you can keep saying names, 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 and all these names are marquee players. A lot of these players would be the man in other squads, you know, and it's like, it's just ridiculous how much, how, how much talent Portugal had, but, but I mean, you know, it, it, we'll see, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. It'll be crazy. And um, it should be fun, man. This Sunday, the first match, obviously, uh, Qatar versus, versus Ecuador. Uh, I think it's at 10 in the morning. So it's in a, not, not too early, right before football. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting and it'll be fun. Um, guys, I mean, you know, I think it's going to be fun, fun, fun. Uh, it sucks that it's kind of during the whole, you know, obviously our holiday season and stuff like that. And I know like a lot of you who have kids, you know, unfortunately for them, they won't be able to watch it as much because they'll be in classes during the week. You know, that's one of the things that suck about it. But I'm looking forward to it as far as, you know, World Cups, you know, it's one of those things, those events that ha half the world stops to look at these matches. So I'm going to be a part of it. So John, uh, anything? Oh, no, I was going to say, absolutely. I was just going to echo your sentiment. Like it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting time world cups take place um mm -hmm. you know those that are getting to go to matches uh you know have fun good luck sure. but have fun don't uh, get arrested don't, yeah, don't get arrested <laughs> uh careful where you take film uh you know take take video and take photos careful uh but uh um, yeah you yeah, said fun. you you said you're picking spain to win it any reason why uh I, like i said i just i feel like they they've found a little bit of something and for a team like spain with the amount of talent they have uh, and how they've brought some of those younger players up through through finally. Uh, I just think that's a team poised to do something special, and this is their year. Yeah, it's am it's amazing how these players come out of nowhere sometimes. Where well, 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 we think is out of nowhere because you know obviously we're not following them in their academies or anything like that. Because you got players like Pedri, Gavi, Ansufati, you know, just these players who are who are all of them are under twenty years old. Yep. And it's it's amazing that they're already world class players, you know, and it's it's mind boggling. But yeah, Spain, Spain, Spain is one of the fairs, man. And I'm picking Argentina. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm man. If Argentina could pull this off, this would be amazing, dude. I will I would be I would be partying hard. But <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's gonna be crazy. And hopefully, you know, I know I'm gonna be out there for a couple of events. Uh, I know some places are gonna have watching parties, and hopefully, I get to see some of you guys out there. Uh, Sean, I know, I don't know if you're going to be out there. I mean, I know, I know you're more, you know, homebody, but, you know, hopefully you get to come out there and see a couple of matches together, something like that. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Houston will be hosting matches in 2026. So we're looking forward to that. But till we get to that, we're going to be enjoying the matches this upcoming week. So, but guys, obviously it's a little past nine, you know, this is, is going to be the last show for us this year. Uh, sorry for it taking so long. Like, like Sean mentioned earlier, I got sick. He got sick, you know, but you know, always thanks and love for the support that y'all give us. And we do this because of y'all and because of, you know, the love that we get from y'all and the love that we have for the team and the club. 
But, you know, until 2023, guys, happy, happy holidays, happy new year. Be safe out there. Enjoy the World Cup and hold it down for H-Town all the time. Bring the heat, apparently, now is the thing. So bring the heat. <laughs> Wednesday